Okay, let's welcome our first time guests today. Can we do that? <laughs> Celebrate them. We do want to welcome you. It's always, always good to have uh, you here. If it is your first time, we, uh, we just want to say welcome home. We hope you are having a good experience, and uh, we believe that your best days are ahead. Amen. Don't we, everybody? We believe their best days are ahead, and we're just uh, standing on a hope, and our hope is Jesus. And I'm excited to uh, bring a message to you, and I'll get into that uh, in just a minute. But um, I almost woke up equally as excited about today's joke. All right, your, 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 your joke of the day. Um, it's, a, it's a tough call, but I think I'm more excited about the message. But I just wanted to build your expectation for a pretty good joke, okay? You're not going to have to think long or hard. Some of you, I know it dawns on you halfway home after church. I think you'll get this one. All right, joke of the day, baby. You ready? After having dug to a depth of 10 feet last year outside of New York City, some New York scientists found traces of copper cable dating back 100 years. They came to the conclusion that their ancestors already had a telephone network more than 100 years ago. Well, not to be outdone by the New Yorkers, in the weeks that followed, a Los Angeles, California archaeologist dug to a depth of 20 feet, somewhere just outside Oceanside. Shortly after a story in the LA Times, it read, California archaeologists report a finding of 200-year-old copper cable. They've concluded that their ancestors already had an advanced, high-tech communications network 100 years earlier than the New Yorkers. Well, one week later, a local newspaper in Houston, Texas, reported the following. After digging down about 30 feet deep in his pasture near the community of Sugarland, Bubba, a self-taught archaeologist, reported that he found absolutely nothing. Bubba has therefore concluded that 300 years ago, Texas had already gone wireless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hmm. All right. All right. Behave yourselves. All right. Hey, I do want to uh, remind you um, and uh, do want to invite you. I know we mentioned earlier the 21 days of prayer and fasting, but I want to um, hopefully equip you with a habit. Um, I shared about this last week in a message, speaking into um, or stepping into what you've been speaking into. Um, you know, there is power in prayer, but there's also a need for us to um, begin to speak God's word over our life, begin to speak the truth of who he is and how he sees us. And one of the ways we do that is through, um, I, I call them kind of faith declarations, there are things we may not feel or may not sense or may not see about ourselves um, that God sees. For example, I mean, if you think about where you could have been or should have been, but God stepped in. And um, I believe part of our process is to mature and grow in this. So much so, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing that in the days to come, you're just flat out unoffendable? I mean, could you imagine where your life would be if you were unoffendable? That'd be remarkable. Or could you imagine how your life would be if there were no bad days at work? 
Now, it's not that you don't face disappointment or discouragement. I'm not saying any of that, but, but, it, but it, it, it doesn't hold you like it used to hold you back. And part of that is maturing into Christ-likeness where we recognize that in order to step into all that he's called for us to step into, in order for us to obey on the hard days of life as well, we've got to be nourishing our soul. And part of that, not all of that, but part of that is speaking words of life over ourselves. So we created these. They should as well be in your worship guide. But if you want to grab extra, they're going to be on the back table. And they're daily declarations. So I have been doing a good job for myself all week. I've been saying um, a list that's about four times this size. I've got, I've got all, all of the, the scriptural ones we have referenced at uh, hillsidechurch.usspeak-life. But I've got some more. You know, sometimes when you get going in this, you just, you just begin to get permission to speak over some arenas and some areas of your life. And so I've, 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 I've got a list that, 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 you know, it's getting ridiculous now. But I, but I say it. I say it. And I, and I begin to take that ground by faith. So I want to invite you uh, to do that. I want to also invite you, if you haven't, uh, you can listen to last uh, week's message. And uh, I hope that it helps. It'll at least help you with understanding why we're doing that these 21 days. Because I know things. I know things about the enemy. You know things about the enemy. Um, who, does he lo- who does he use in your life? People. And people don't always have it together. And um, sometimes they come with negativity. Sometimes they come with cynicism, criticism. Some of you grew up in homes where, uh, man, maybe, maybe you never heard, I love you. And so it's good to begin to declare, rewire our new identity in Christ. Amen. But it's not something like the matrix we just plug in. No, we've got to practice ourselves into that. All right. That's all for you. Today's message is titled, In Good company. Write those three words down if you're taking some notes today in good company. Now turn to somebody nearby and say, you are in good company. You are in good company. You are in good company. Listen, listen, today's message, it's a, it's a not, not, not similar content, but it, it serves a similar purpose. How many of you know there's assignment over your life? Well, today's message is going to be alignment for the assignment. I'm going to talk about one of the arenas God is using or going to be using your life in good company. In good company. I really, I really don't just want to jump into the content. I want to let you know in my spirit, if I can say this pro- prophetically as I was preparing, I sense this year. Everybody say this year. Three, two, one. This year, God is going to be ushering you into good company. I want you to hear that over your mind, hear that over your heart. He's ushering you into good company. I don't need a show of hands, but just receive this question in spirit. How many of you, uh, you lost some people along the way of life? How many of you lost some friendships? You've lost some family. How many of you know there's some voices that you miss that you used to have? Right? Now, God, God isn't saying I'm going to replace that exact person or that exact voice, but all I sense to my spirit is you need to know this year is going to be an in good company year. He's going to be bringing some people across your path. Dare I say there's some people currently in your path, 
but you're going to see them in a new light. You can begin to maybe hear some things that you couldn't hear before. You know that? You ever, you ever, you ever met? <laughs> probably not. Uh, I doubt I'm the only one. You met, you met somebody you had no idea they worked in your place of work? You're like, oh, well, that's cool. When did you get hired? Oh, I've just been here a decade. Oh, well, how about that? I never noticed you before. Come on, when that happens this year, you know, just play it off. Man, thank you, Lord, in good company. I had no idea that we worked at the same place. <laughs> Yeah, it never happened for me either. But I sensed, I really sensed in my spirit. And let me just, let me just pray that for a moment, and then we'll, we'll move. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I just know, I know that I know that I know that I know there are some hearts that need to hear. This is an in good company year, Lord. I thank you that there are some divine connections, some divine relationships. Lord, there's been some divine voids set by you to grow us, to equip us, to heal us. But I thank you, Lord, that those voids are being filled as well by your hand. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Ecclesiastes 4.12, in the New Living Translation, it says this, that a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. And then Solomon, in his wisdom, goes even a step further, and he says, Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Isn't it nice to know that the season's ahead? God's bringing us into that place. Maybe you felt alone. Maybe you felt vulnerable. Maybe there's a loneliness you carry just in the inside, all right? And you may, you're surrounded by people. You're surrounded. Things are good in a lot of different areas, but there's just maybe a seed of loneliness. Man, I'm just here to tell you God sees it. God knows it. God loves you enough that he is bringing you into good company, okay? It's not going to last forever. I like to say that, that those lonely seasons, okay, you need to know something. They're temporary, Amen. Because God's going to be leading you forward. I do believe. So God is bringing you some key people this year. The right God connections needed for where you are and where you are headed. I love when I, when I think about in good company. I do think about um, my spouse especially. But I was thinking about in good company. I said, nobody preached this message to me in 2005. Nobody, nobody gave me a prophetic word. Nobody sent me a text say, man, I just feel like this is your year. Nobody said nothing. But it was all God's doing. And isn't that grace? Amen. That's the way God works. And I remember I showed up. I just, um, I had been hired as a young adults pastor, somebody. And I was excited to get started. And I started on the Monday. Well, on the Sunday, I went to a newcomer's lunch. I'd heard there'd be some young adults there. I needed to meet them. And come on, we had a free barbecue. I was like, I'm in. Man, I'm 25. You say free with anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Jim and Nick's, baby. It was good. But I remember I met some young adults. And, and you know, young adult ministry, that's a strange age. Because there are people who are not young adults that show up to a young adult's ministry. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And I remember looking around and being like, dude, you are mid-40s. You are not a young adult. And there was another uh, lady, and I was like, I don't, I don't think. But then there was one. Come on, it only takes one divine connection. Then there was Kelly, who I met at the newcomer's lunch. And here's just how fun God is. She had been procrastinating on that newcomer's lunch. Forget it. 
three whole months. But how many of you know what appears like a delay can be perfect timing by Almighty God? And so the rest is history, as I like to say, but it was a, it was a, it was a in good company moment. See, when we're in a season of loneliness or we're in a season of loss, somebody, we can get discouraged, we can get disappointment, we, we, can, we can lose sight of the assignment God has for us. But you need to hear, God is aligning you for the assignment he has for you. He's aligned. That's, that's most of what I feel like God does in our lives is aligning us. He's aligning us. There's probably some mystery to your year or the last few years in your life, man. You were, you were ghosted, as we like to say. You ever experienced some good old-fashioned ghosting? All right. Uh, I'm not going to ask if you've done some ghosting, but there's mercy and forgiveness as well. But it's, it's, it's just like no more texts, no more calls. You never see anybody. Again, it's like cut off. And you're thinking, whoa, what happened? What, 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 what? Sometimes you also need to hear, man, God is aligning you for your assignment. And be careful if you're too desperate to reach back to what was. Know that God is preparing you for what is ahead. It's tough sometimes. It can be a mystery sometimes. We may not even get the answer this side of heaven sometimes. But know that God's bringing you. He's leading you into good company. Proverbs 13 verse 20 It says something I think we all need to hear. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, I can't speak as a lady on what I'm about to tell you. But I can say, hands down, that every teenage young man has been talked into some stupidity by somebody near them. You get two young men together, they get some silly ideas, and usually one of them encourages another to do something. Proverbs is saying, listen, you can flip that. You walk with the wise, you become wise. You walk with the stupid, you can become (laughs) stupid. I can personally attest to some of that, you know? The Lord, the Lord knows who you need. And I just have a simple thought for you here, but God brings you the right people. God brings you the right people. God brings you the right people. I want to look for a moment in Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. I'm going to flip back to Exodus chapter 33 as well. We're going to just lean in briefly for the story from last Sunday. I'll use as well this Sunday. But Uh, bring us all up to speed. Israel is coming out of Egypt. They're moving into their promised land. But before the promised land, they are in the wilderness season. And um, there were spies that were sent out. You're familiar with Moses. You know, uh, he's, he's pretty famous. Moses was pretty famous. And he's leading the people. And what he does is he rallies a leader from every tribe. So there are 12 tribes in Israel. The 12 tribes, they send a representative and they all go out. As they come back, You can read this in depth in Numbers 13. They come and they bring a report. And I shared on this last week, but the report was true. It was what is in the promised land. Every way you cut that report from from all angles was was true. But you had 10 spies. You had 10 spies who I think are a bit of a, a, a percentile representation of culture. 
So if you ever wonder, man, I got this God call. I got saved. I got excited. Like, like, listen, you may have 12 family members. Don't be surprised if only two of them are applauding you. And the other 10 are like, man, you gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Because in the report that came back from the promised land, 10 of them, they were like, nah, nah, this, 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 yeah, it's good, but they're these giants. I don't know what God was thinking, but two of them understood that God was going with them and God was leading them. So 10 of them saw by fear, two of them saw by faith. And there's, a, there's a, a, a little nuance to these two, Caleb and Joshua. And I wanted to read these passages. Think in, the, think in the lens of God is going to bring you the right people in your life. He's going to bring faith-filled people in your life. People to pour into you. People to equip you. People to encourage you. People to show you. Next steps, divine, divine connections, divine appointments. Numbers 14, 20 through 25. The Lord replied, he says this, I've forgiven them as you asked. Moses intercedes because God, it's a strange portion of scripture. I'm not going to lie. God's about ready to wipe out the people of Israel. Can't fully explain it. All right. But it was going to happen. But Moses mediates on the people's behalf. And God's like, okay, I forgive them. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs have performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one has treated me with con- who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me whole heartedly I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea it's in some ways a, a, a highlight of Caleb but in some ways it's a highlight of the, the majority of the people devastating scripture hear this this is a separate message for a separate time but hear this your lack of obedience will always cost you something somebody Your lack of obedience, not a fun moment, so I'll exit it quickly. But your lack of obedience will always cost you something. You can be saved and yet walking in disobedience sometimes. It always will cost you something. It cost Israel a step into the promised land. Hear this, Moses' anger cost him the promised land, y'all. That's Moses the deliverer, but his anger got the best of him. Multiple times in his story, anger, 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 till God was like, whew. He had to have Caleb come alongside Joshua. Joshua would be the one to lead him into the promised land. Listen, don't discount. If God's nudging you, even in the private, secret place, if he's telling you to get something right, man, get with somebody to help you, lead you in good company. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see, that that Joshua got the divine setup. Caleb came alongside of him. It wasn't like out of nowhere they just decided to operate by faith. No, clearly we see that God had given Caleb a different spirit. Y'all need some different spirit people in your life. If you're surrounded by people who are addicted to the same things you're addicted to, kindly find good company to keep in your life that can help you move forward. 
I'm not telling you to cut off all your friends, delete their numbers and ghost them. That is not what is being said. But begin to take steps towards the promised land God has for you. And part of that process is in good company. Like he is bringing people. Before I even, or not before, but as I even teach this, just know this is where God is going. I really sense this. This is what God is going to do in your life for this next season. But stay open to it. Stay aware of it. Be alert to it. Think about it, that different, different spirited people in the right context can be good. Can be good. You want people that are, that are holy, that stretch you. Like, what? You don't participate in what? Well, that is so crazy. Instead of refraining, be like, we should hang out. We should hang out. Oh, you read your Bible daily? Okay, man, we should hang out. What you reading? Oh, you pray daily? Man, we should hang out. Oh, you go to a church that fasts? Whew, we should hang out. That's crazy. That is crazy talk. I thought you went to church and consumed and went home and just consumed the rest of it. What do you mean you contribute? That's crazy talk. I need to hang out with you. You serve. By golly, what is wrong with you? You serve. We need to hang out. What I'm saying is there's an alignment that comes for the assignment. It could be any of it. You got out of debt. Whew. Instead of just clapping you on, tell me some of your secrets. Dave Ramsey. Oh, you learned how to prosper? What faith steps help you reach that place? Man, I saw the way you parent. Is that just the show or are you like that in private too? Oh, you are? We should hang out. What I'm saying is there, there, there begins to be this, this earnest longing in our heart. Don't discount that's placed there by God. He's bringing you into good company. You need people that are ahead of you, that can help strengthen your resolve and lead you into the future God has for you. And he's going to do it. And now I want you to see just briefly here, not only Caleb was of a different spirit, I want you to see this just brief, briefly about something I think strategic placed by Joshua. Joshua was very close to Moses, and here's a quick story out of Exodus 33, 7 through 11. Now Moses used to take a tent, pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose, stood at the entrance to the tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stand at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance, they all stood up, worshiped, each at their entrance to the tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave. The tent. Joshua had a longing, a passion for the Lord's presence. You don't know what to do in prayer? You need to start spending time with people who do. You think your portion in prayer is twiddling your thumbs or looking up at the ceiling or wishing the song would end? You need to spend some time with people getting something out of worship, getting something out of prayer. Getting something out of fasting. Before you just think, ah, it's not for me. What? No. Prayer is for you, somebody. You just got to have people in your life to help. 
Caleb needed Joshua. What does God do? God brings Joshua. Joshua's ridiculous. Like Moses is like, service is over. I'm going to get dinner. And Joshua's like, I can't get enough. I'm going to hang out if that's okay with you. Do what you do. And Moses would walk off. But what was happening in that sacred, secret place? Joshua was receiving portions of faith, portions of promise, declaring the faith, the passion, the zeal. Greater is what is ahead of me that's behind me. God, there are giants in the land, but you have spoken. And I'm hanging on every word you say. Not what culture says. Not what my family says. Not what well-intentioned friends say. Because I've been in the secret place. I got a secret sauce from God. And I can move forward. Because I'm in what? What am I in? I'm in good company. And God's going to lead you. Get excited. That's great. But more, get expectant. Get expectant. Some of you have been dwelling in the lonely places. I'm here to tell you God sees it. He knows the pain. He knows the wasteland. And here's his whisper over your soul. I'm filling that void in Jesus' name. I'm filling that void in Jesus' name. God's bringing you into good people. This isn't just for Caleb. This isn't for Joshua. This is for you. This is for you. That you would begin to dream. Man, I need some dreaming in my life. Get around dreamers. Yeah, but when I get around dreamers, all my insecurities surface. There's a good chance when all your insecurities are surfacing, you're right exactly where you're supposed to be. Man, all them, all them Christian people, man, I just, it's like all my sin comes. You're right where you're supposed to be. You're right. If they really knew me, you're right where you're supposed to be. Oh, no, that message was too close. If you're, you know, not, there's a safer place. I want to go somewhere easy. You're right where you're supposed to be. You're right, right, right. In good company, the Lord is bringing you in to good company. I think about this. God's going to bring you your Caleb for your Joshua. He's going to bring you who you need right on time. Here's the thing. One voice. Can change everything. It's just like your days. That one text can change everything. That one, listen, I have seen it in people's lives. They are angry. They are mad. They dislike somebody. Been there. And then one compliment. The next day, they're like best friends. Like, well, what happened? <laughs> Said they like my shoes. It happened. Hey, before y'all laughing and judging, you know you do the same thing. You know you go to the work. Man, I hate my boss. Your boss comes in. Listen, I'm seeing all your hard work. Just want to say, man, thank you for being faithful. Here's a raise. We're going to up your benefits. And by the way, man, we're going to take care. Here's your phone. Just to get, we just love you. What? And what happened? In that moment, one word, one season, one moment, and what happened? Everything, all of a sudden, you're like, man, I can't wait to get to work. What happened? All that happened was one, one word. It shifted. You know, in good company, you need to hear over your life. This year, I can't tell you when. I can't tell you where. I just really sense God is taking you from where you are to where he's called you to be. For some of you, I know, and it's good. I know that this church has been good company for your soul. It's going to continue to be. It's going to continue to be. And here's the thing, for our lives, we need people. I was randomly, I, 
not randomly. As I was studying, I heard this, this, this story, this good thought, if you will, this, this story from about 100 plus years ago. Henry Ford was down and out, close to quitting. He was done. Everybody around him wanted faster horses. And he was like, what if we made something that could transport us quicker than a horse? If he had listened to sound advice, he would have tried to invest in horses. Well, right at the right time, someone introduced him to a little-known inventor named Thomas Edison. And upon their introduction, Edison was so enthused, and he looked at him and he said, Wow, this is incredible that you are inventing a machine that runs on its own power plant. And that one seed, that one thought, as the story goes, Henry Ford smacked his hand on the table and said, that's it, that's it, that's exactly. And here's what's crazy, that's exactly what he needed to hear in that moment to continue pushing forward with what he had sensed. The same happens for us spiritually, the same happens for us. God knows what you need and he's gonna bring you the right people. He's going to bring you the right people. Just like Caleb came for Joshua, just like Thomas Edison came for Henry Ford, so to speak, I know that God's bringing somebody for you. Perspective can be so important when we think about aligning for our assignment. You also need to understand that a portion of the story cuts the other way, that God releases you the wrong people. That God releases you from the wrong people. I'm so glad y'all didn't stand up and start applauding. I'd have been like, man, we got some drama up in here. Okay, okay, just thank you. That was like that threshold. Every pastor sees that threshold. Should I say it? Should I not? I just feel, now I can preach. All right. I'm I'm sort of kidding. God releases you from the wrong people. Some losses are for future you. It's God helping you, propelling you forward. Let them go. Ask God for grace. Mystery, the side of heaven, but God is situating you in good company. It's going to be a mystery. You may never understand why, but you will know it was worth it in the long run as God does it. God isn't doing it because he despises the people. That's not, no. God's heart is for everybody. God's love is un walled, so to speak, or barred up from even our enemies. God loves them with every fiber of his being. But you need to understand also part of God propelling us with good company is that he begins to remove the wrong company. I don't even want to say bad. I don't even want to put an adjective with that. I just want to say the wrong people. And sometimes it's a mystery. You're like, man, they were my best friend. You're like, whoa, they were a good friend. I thought it was getting better. Hey, man, they just, they, just, they just made ghosting a thing before 2020 when we all heard that ghosting became a thing. It didn't have a word. But we've had that in our life. Can you know, hear this by faith, hear this in your spirit, that, that some losses are for future you. They're good. They're great. And here's what's crazy. Sometimes you see, man, they're still good and great, but just hear it. God has to shift or pivot your life or their life in some ways. You know, with these 10 spies who went out and came with a fearful report, God loved them. 
God loved them. God did not hate them, so to speak, in any form or fashion. God loved them. God wanted was best for them. But I think it's a symbolic understanding for us to see that there are just certain people who can't go with you into the next room. There are just certain people who are holding you back. They're holding you down. And sometimes it can get, it can get messy in the movement. But you hear me loud and clear. You stay with the Holy Spirit. You do your part. You do your part. And as much as you try to do your part, it feels like every demon in hell that you had no idea was around just starts popping up out of nowhere. And listen, that's part of the journey as well. You're learning spiritual warfare in that moment, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're like, the pastor doesn't have to anoint my home. I can anoint my home. Somebody go and get it. Anyhow, you begin to realize, man, God's just aligning me, aligning me, aligning me. This is, I believe this is part, not the whole context, but this is part of what Jesus was saying. Part of our pruning process. Sometimes it's relationship. Sometimes the pruning that Jesus says, remain in me, but man, I'm going to prune this voice. I'm going to prune that voice. I'm going to prune. I'm going I'm I'm to twist this, turn this, get it moving so that you can flourish, so that you can have the fruit I've called for you to have. Because here's, here's the thing. Sometimes we can't see it in the moment, but people were holding us back for being who God has called for us to be. Caleb and Joshua, we have to identify the 10 other spies. They never made it. Their doubt, their cynicism, their complaining. You see it? Loved by God, yet limiting the promised land over their life. We have to give permission for people to stay in that place. Like, that is not your mission, y'all. That's God's mission. Where did we think... We were the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. Just because you had a parent who thought they were the Holy Spirit does not give you the permission to try to be the Holy Spirit. And so anyhow, that's another message. I need to write that one down for later. <laughs> this message we're in is that this, these, these, these ten were known and seen and loved by God, no doubt about it. But their fear limited them from stepping in. And it's a strange tension to get it right. But always, always stay obedient to what God has called, what God is whispering, what God is leading. Always stay obedient. You don't do it as an island. You get counsel. You get wisdom. But always stay obedient. And sometimes you'll see the Lord is just moving some people who were good. They were great. They served a wonderful uh, season. And you could just package it up, put a big bow on it. And, and maybe not immediately, but eventually you could look back and be like, man, I thank God for that. I thank God for them. Thank you, Jesus. And then you, you, can, you can move into who and what God has spoken over your life. And that's, that's what God says. It says, listen, I've forgiven them. And that's what God was saying to Moses, to the 10 spot. Man, I've forgiven them. It's all good. It's all good. But they refuse to grow. They refuse to grow. So guess what? That thinking, that's all they want. That's just, they're as far as they want to go. Paul, they've been talking about how the soup in Egypt is better than the steak that's coming. They can't think where I'm calling them. They, they stuck. And here's what I want you to do. Just turn the volume down. Turn the volume up on me so you can step in. Because there's some, there's some moments where God 
is removing the wrong people. For your sake. For your sake. For your sake. Sometimes it's closer. I wish it could just be like some distant people. Like, you know that cashier? No, I was about to say JC, man. There are no bad people in JC. At Walmart, you know, y'all been to Walmart and that cashier? Like, you're like, thank you, Lord. Okay, great. Just kidding. Kidding. We can delete that joke because that didn't go over. <laughs> you know, like, you don't want to hear You're like, all right, great. But sometimes it's close. Sometimes it's close people. Sometimes it's close people and God, God's doing it. And you don't want to hear it. I don't want to say it. You don't want to hear it. Well, think about me. I don't want to say it, but I'm just... I'm just trying to be a messenger of the Lord to come and encourage your soul, man. He's bringing you into good company. You thought all was lost because it's so close. But God's letting you know, man, I'm bringing you in to good company. But here's the deal. It's ground we take by faith. I want you to see in the story. We're going to end with this. This story, Jesus was going to heal a synagogue leader's daughter. He had to get some people out of the room. Mark 5, 35 through 43. He did not let anyone follow him. Or excuse me, 35. There we go. There it is. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. I can't stipulate why, but it has me wondering if not all the disciples were on the same page. God gave him great grace, still had a place at the table. He still was growing them, stretching them, strengthening them. But he needed his close three and no more. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader... Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. The promised land is flowing with milk, honey, and fruit. There are some giants, and they laughed. They laughed. So Jesus, after he put them all out, He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Fear cannot get you in every room in the kingdom of God, but faith can. And there's some rooms in your life that God's wanting to bring you into. And he's just looking you in the eye and saying, I love you, honey. I want what's best for you. But you got to lay this fear down. You got to lay it down. You got to let it go. It's time. It's time to let it quit having a voice. And so he entered into the child's room by faith. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up, began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. God is bringing you into good company. The dreams, the assignment, the mission, the passion, the purpose, the plans he has over your life. 
is one divine connection away, somebody. One miracle story away. And you may think it's a moment of the miracle coming in. God's like, no, I'm sending somebody. I'm sending somebody to help you get into the next room. I'm, 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 I'm arranging some people that will speak faith over your life. Hey, 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 I know, I know you're new to the area, but listen, it's not by anything other than supernatural favor of God that you Googled and came to 4810 Grantline Road in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, somebody. Man, that crazy coworker started inviting you, and you came. Like, can I tell you? Sometimes those small decisions are miracle moments designed by God. It's like, it's like the threshold. As a first-time guest, most Sundays, you're my favorite people. I mean, because you showed up to church. For some people, they ain't showed up to church in 10 years. And you hear their story, you're like, well, why didn't you give it another 10? That's crazy. Can I tell you? That is a heart leaning in by faith, wanting to step into all the rooms of life that God has for them. And before you think I'm just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself right now as well. There are some places God... He'll look at Paul. I'm like, Paul, it's been eight years. You got to lay the fear down. It's been two months. You got to lay the fear down. Can I tell you? God has these moments. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm going to rearrange it so we can move forward. And he does that in your life. I'm telling you, know this. God is bringing you in good company for this year there's going to be some breakthroughs that happen in your life and you're going to be able to look back and say man it was it was about it was through relationship it was it was it was through relationship it was through friendship it was through maybe church community it was through a small group it was through a co-worker something happened and shifted and when that moment happens say man i'm so glad i was there on january 14 2024 to hear pastor paul preach in good company let me pray and close this out. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this time in your word. And thank you for this time, Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading us from where we are into all that you've called for us to be. Thank you, Lord, that the tools that got us so far in the journey are not what's going to take us forward. We need new faith tools in our tool belt, God. We need new faith tools, new expectancy, fresh vision, fresh vision. Hey, let me do this. Our eyes are closed. Our heads are down. Just if there's a handful of desperate, desperate dream people in the room, I want to pray for your desperate dreams. Somebody told you it's dead Somebody told you God's done. Somebody told you, ah, we brought in the band. We brought in the minister. Listen, he's halfway through the funeral. But God wants you to hear Jesus. Hear him. Hey, it's not dead. It's not dead. It's just been asleep. But it's time to wake that puppy up. 
If that's you in this room, just, I'm not even looking. Lift your hands to heaven. You and God right now, lift your hand to heaven. I'm not looking. I have no idea any hands that are raised. But if that's you, lift your hand to heaven. My hands are raised, I'll tell you that. Holy Spirit, touch us with fresh vision in our lives. Father, until you have said it, it's not final. We've had well-intentioned people give us whispers, Lord, of meager possibilities. We've had people remind us of our brokenness. Lord, we've had people, well-intentioned, God, limit what you are calling us to and where you are leading us. And it's with hands raised in desperation, Holy Spirit, this is our moment of faith to say, we need to dream again. Help us dream again. Help us see again. Help us hear again. God, would you give us that ridiculous excitement we once had that Jesus saves people, that Jesus sets people free, that, Lord, you want to touch a region for the glory of God. You want to touch a nation for the glory of God. You want to use our voice to, Lord, Help people encounter your love, encounter your peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling our desperate dreams again. In Jesus' holy name, Lord, every need, I thank you today. It's covered in the blood. I thank you for every heart and every mind, Lord, being filled with your joy, being filled with your peace. I thank you for supernatural patience for some, Lord. In Jesus' name, as we leave today, I thank you, God, that you lead us well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love God.